leaving UCLA to become OSU's offensive coordinator right after Jim Harbaugh moves into the neighborhood? Chip Kelly proves there really is an upper limit on insufferable pricks in Los Angeles. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the guy who puts the guy who calls his wife Miss, Kevin Plum, Kevin Greck, and the guy who looks like he plays soccer, Alex Plum. Folks, you missed, so this is maybe maybe uh, our first episode missing, on, yeah. <laughs> this might this be our first episode on, big miss. <laughs> yeah, there's still uh, time to reset. We're going to need to trim up the the series after this. Anyway, uh, Plum had a center part before we started recording today, and it is, I, I think it's, fortun- it's fortunate for everyone. No, it's too bad. You know what? One day, I'll bring uh, it back. Jesus, he didn't get that. And I've been mm-hmm. told he gets us. Uh, yeah, right. So if you're <laughs> listening to this on your phone or through the normal uh, systems that you you do, you're missing out on so much audiovisual splendor. For this is our first, our inaugural video episode of Cannot Read, Cannot Write. And you've always thought, man, I'd like to stare these goobers in the face when they make these terrible, terrible sports, you know, analogies. This is your chance. This is your I chance don't... to see what we look like. I don't like this. I did a lot of laundry folding and ironing of shirts. And I'm going to be, it's going to be awkward. Putting on when, clothes. When you see me standing up without pants on to do that uh, in a couple the old, weeks. The old, the old tubing. The, old the greatest tubing. loss in all of this is that we can't see your chest hair. I know. Mm. I know. Like, My I, I don't ropes. think I'm even, what am I'm, I even I'm tuned in for at this point? I know. I know. Well, once once time. we do it enough, yeah, it'll come out. Uh, we do want to thank everyone for listening. And of course, uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. And if you are listening on the podcast form, if you wouldn't mind going over and giving us a subscribe on YouTube, uh, a comment there, whatever, I think that's important for the algorithm. It's also at Spartan underscore pod on YouTube or, of course, can't read, can't write. Plum. I know you were inundated with all that was MSU this week. Please. <laughs> what are we doing on this episode? Give us a breakdown. Oh, it's going to be rich and strong and good and mean. It's uh, We're starting behind the green wall where football always leads. We've got preferred walk-ons, not two, but three, maybe more. Who knows? All we have are PWOs right now. We'll talk about men's basketball, where we will only say good things about the program because of the wonderful performance we had at Minnesota. Uh, Illinois slightly redeemed them, and so we may actually wax poetic about our hopes for the future. Uh, very excited about the hockey team, wishing only we had someone that could come talk more about it with us. We'll head off Grand River, uh, where the only real news is that the fix is in, and my God, the college football playoff committee could truly not give any less fucks about themselves or their own identity. We'll preview the Penn State game, uh, a game at Michigan, which is mm, yummy. And then we'll take your Twitter questions. 
All right, uh, let's head behind that green wall. And yes, the sport that always leads football. Uh, MSU in the last week picked up four uh, preferred walk-ons. Mason Nichols, Stone Chaney, Charlie Baker, and Kyler Brunnen. Uh, I believe two tight ends, an offensive lineman, and a uh, an edge rusher. Uh, I think we've kind of dabbled. I wanted to talk about this because we've dabbled around this topic uh, a decent amount as it relates to what Jonathan Smith's strategy might be with preferred walk-ons. But... A few things are interesting to me. One, the graphics going out for the PWOs are the same as every other player, yes. which is not They're what we saw. Boys. Which is not <laughs> what we saw under Mel Tucker, and uh, a lot of local talent. So a lot of Michigan yep. kids that are being picked up, which I, I gotta believe matters for maybe identity of your program. Mm, um, sure. And you know, in in one case, Stone Cheney, it, it was a low three star, but a a three-star with other D1 offers. Uh, and we've seen that now a number of times uh, this staff has picked someone up who in some instances at least had a group of five offer and chose to come to Michigan State as a preferred walk-on. I, I'm curious what you guys think of this. Is this just cute? Is it important culturally? Is this important depth? Like, anyone got any thoughts I think on depth, this? Well, I think depth is a guarantee. Uh, we've talked a lot about this, the program not having guys that they can just stick in, whether it's, uh, practice. practice whether yeah, yeah just if it's practice if it's a scout team whatever we need bodies uh and this team has been plagued as we know by injuries season over season um inexplicably and i should say disproportionately so anything i think that we can do that gets more bodies here and i think more to the point you know some of these guys as you've said are gave up d1 scholarship offers might have been to hoople but they're still coming and i think that that says something uh, about culture, about hope for Jonathan Smith. So I think there's a number of positive ways to read this. And speaking of Jonathan Smith, himself a walk-on. Proud that's history. That's got to be a solid pitch. That's got to yeah. be a solid pitch. Come on. Ah, ah, like, ah. like, you'll get a real opportunity. I got a real opportunity, yeah. and I made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what it's like. I yep. was once you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. Yep. Uh, the other piece of news that came out in the week, uh, since we recorded last is that MSU has added Prairie View A&M to replace the late canceling Louisiana. Um, Prairie View is bad. Like, yeah, real bad. FCS, they're bad by FCS standards. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is a solid addition to the schedule. I don't know about you guys, but like you're, you're trying to make a bowl your first year. Yeah, we were right. trying to play one of those games that U of M football played in like uh, nineteen or eighteen ninety four, like against the like pioneer high school like women's team. Um, that's what we were rooting for. Uh, Prairie View, of course, as an institution, very proud. Um, historically, Black Land Grant College, oldest public institution in the state of Texas. However. Uh, we should absolutely annihilate them in Spartan <laughs> Stadium. And that is what we wanted out Correct. of this uh, scheduling. So I think I heard Sheehan say that AM played them last year, maybe. Uh, and they were up, uh, they, I think they won like 63-3, but they were up 49 nothing at the half. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're looking for. Yep. Yes. This is the goal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk some hoops. And I, I feel good 
we do. And I feel good because I think the last two episodes we've, uh, our tone has, uh, for the pod that came out was immediately wrong. Last, last week we celebrated 700 wins and then immediately lost to Minnesota. Before Mm -hmm. that we were super depressed and then won two in a row. And so with any luck, We've got a nice yeah. little schedule coming up here and we come off of a big win against Illinois. So we've yeah. got some good things to talk about, but we've got to put the, we've got to put some ice on the Illinois game by talking about the Minnesota game. Uh, mm-hmm. which, well, that should be easy to do because this is one of the least encouraging games perhaps of the season. Like, yeah. And that includes truly, the Wisconsin games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a game where, I mean, even when we were about to lose with like, what was that three minutes left, two minutes left. And they started uh-huh. to go on their little end of game run. I was yeah. like, this Minnesota team is bad. And it has been bad the whole game. I know that they have a Christie and I know that he went off for five or seven from three. Other than that, they had done very little. So low when the whistle did blow and we were losers in this game, mm-hmm. that was, a low point for me, I think in this season so far. And that's driven by the play of one Malik Hall, who we have oh, been beseeching time and again to apologize to, and it will never happen. Not going to happen. Is, the door is closed. There's no forgetting. There's no forgiving this game. It's over. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, madam, sir. In this case. It is not happening. This is who Malik Hall is. I know he redeemed himself against Illinois, but that is who Malik Hall is. He is not reliable, and this is not a team that you can Mm -hmm. expect to go any further than the first game of the second weekend of the tournament, Um, which, I, I mean, I do think they are going to. But between the missed free throws, of which there were many in this game, Alex, and I'll hand you the floor after I'm done. Uh, Seven for 17 from the free throw line, including a number of missed first. Yeah, if you just shot normally bad, like just bad, but not like horrendously bad, we win this game. That's how bad they shot. 10 for 17 ties this game. Yep, And that's not good. Yep. And the other thing that we learned in this game is Tyson Walker goes out. Your season's over. Doesn't matter yeah. at that yeah. point. No one else is reliable. Well, let's start there. Let's say that this team is Tyson Walker's team and no bigger indictment can come for anybody. I am glad that you let off with Malik Hall because it allows me to ravage AJ Hogard. Oh, that's where <laughs> if, I wanted to go. If at the last time out of the game, the play call was truly for AJ to drive the lane and put up a junk ass two in heavy traffic, which only resulted in him batting it out of bounds. Tom Izzo is as senile as he is addled. There is no way in heck that that was the play call, which means AJ decided to try an audible on a game that there was no reason (laughs) to do as badly as we did. AJ, one for six from the field. Thanks. 
Two for three from the charity stripe, unfortunately, on the three-point play, which, my God, why had he even attempted a three-point shot? He, of course, biffs it. I don't know. On a night where we shot seven for 17, coming for AJ because he went two for three from the line is probably not the strongest argument because, good God, there are a lot of others. Mati Sissoko, let's talk about 19 minutes and two points. Now, six rebounds ain't bad, but we've got to get more productivity from the guy than he's giving. Big credit to Tom Izzo for playing him only 10 minutes against Illinois. God, that felt great. But I really wanted to focus on the rest of the supporting cast. We all can we know. Not, can we not skip after AJ real quick? Because uh, there's more to it. Because it's not sure. just that play. Ty- Tyson goes out. And then AJ is like, my team now, first of all, Mm -hmm. bro, you're not Tyson Walker. Because it wasn't just that play. It was the pull-up jumpers as well. They were horrendous. He was bad before that, too. Minnesota hard-hedged, contained whatever, the entire night against our point guards. And he couldn't, and maybe this is on the centers, but like they couldn't break that at all. And because you yeah. didn't, ha- you don't have anyone who can meaningfully shoot half the time on the floor. It's not like you can even swing it around. To, like, like it was, he was bad. He was yeah. AJ Hogard one for six on twos. In this one for Minnesota six on game. twos. You know, I mean, only one turnover for for him, which maybe is a record uh, in in positive uh, attributes. Five assists. He's had better nights by by for sure, but four points in thirty minutes is is just. It is not, and because again, to the point, and it's hard, you don't want to go into the Illinois game, but what? Can I Wait. swear on this? Yeah. I, I'm already allowed, I was, you okay. already, already. already. Oh, how do you compare what happened against Illinois with what, what is, what are you doing? You're actively choosing to destroy Everything I do not and will never understand how he still is allowed to play basketball for us. I guess it's because Tom just hopes that every game will be Illinois. But I want to save my opprobrium, just what's left of it, for the rest of the guys. Because this was a night when Tyson went out that we really could have used some support from others on the team. Cohen Carr got four minutes and showed us jack shit for it. Jackson Kohler had five minutes, also did nothing. Xavier Booker at least went to the line and 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 drained them both in the three minutes he played. Trey Holloman, though. Hi. Oh, Trey Holloman. Hi, Trey. Trey. Tr- yeah. Coming home. With 30. Was clearly amped up. And in 22 minutes... Tell me what his productivity was with all of that amping. Yeah, no, his it productivity was, was two he points. Made, he made eye contact with everyone in the stands. It was and like one rebound. You have you have truly pissed your own pants at the coming home dance, Trey. Boo who? So uh, this was just a, an all-star night of shit performance. Against the team. And by the way, you know that Tubby Smith has been walking around with an erection and he doesn't know why. This is why. Unearned. What? 
who compensated and i'm 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 devastated because Tubby it, smith's out there somewhere like what what's is happening this about? How did I get this? Why are people? And then Tub- Tubby Smith my- found out that it was related to this game, and he was like, "Why? Still, why? why? I still don't understand it." Because none of them are good. Everything is bad. He is bad. All of the teams are bad. I'm. They don't deserve anything at this point. I don't want them to go to the tournament. I do, I guess, for just the sake that I like the bragging on Tom Izzo's uh, streak, but. They don't deserve anything. That this just horrible, and I don't care what happened in Illinois. We can talk about it now, but this was. Can we talk horrible. about what happened at your coming home dance? Was there anyone that pissed down their legs at your coming home dances <laughs> back in Schwartz Creek? It's all we. Wait, it's all any of us did. Are you? Plus, <laughs> are you just the culture? It's the culture. Are you of the impression that Minnesota is still coached by Tubby Smith? No, I know that. I know that it's oh. not, but I'm. I still am implying that like somewhere he's confused by that reference. So deep. What's what's happening. And is something happening? Did uh, 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 Tubby Smith was the minutes coach coach for a long time. They were not good under him either. That's, that's the point is like, they weren't good. They're still not good. Somehow they beat us regression to the mean, but really regression to the mean, which is to say like, this is the mean for our team. Which is so it's a butterfly effect sort of erection that we've got going it's, on here. It's not intended to make sense. It's really intended as more of a. I hope that this will make Tubby Smith go viral on Twitter. I mean, for my money, this is the second worst loss of the season. Um, James your, Madison, oh, worst yeah. of the season. But like, but, but 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 knowing what you know now about this team, you know, for me. I, I guess this is the worst and also the least worst. It's the least worst because it's the truest. It's the most evident of what the team is, but it is the worst because it is bookended by performances which show capacity and thus so show choice. Um, and that is what it is. It's choice. To that point, we called it last week that this was going to be a split week. I feel good about that. So I'm calling it back out again. And if we it had to be a split this. week, yep. this is probably the way that you want to have it though. Because it's not a terrible, terrible loss. And we got the quad one. Quad one. Well, can we also... uh, Tyson did have a nice game. Jade Nakins also played a nice game. Like, sure. Problem is the the remainder of the team just didn't show up. Um, Yeah, we did. We skipped over that. And I I do want it because we've all come for Jade Nakins at one time or another this season already. And it was nice to see him shine. Uh, 10 points in Illinois was middling. I guess it could have been much worse, though we know from his past performances. So. Yeah, six boards though. But uh yeah. Uh so where uh Minnesota did the um the hard hedge contain with their center against our point guards, uh Illinois mm-hmm. said, I have so little respect for your centers that my I'm just going to leave my center in the middle of the floor. Uh mm-hmm. there are many times Carson Cooper was out on you know, at uh, the top uh, and the point uh, holding the ball and setting a ball their, screen and this, their center just shacked the entire play. Um, <laughs> but that, uh, that didn't matter. Uh, MSU comes out on top 88 to 80 in, in what I think it's fair to say Illinois played well. There were large mm-hmm. stretches in this game. I think Minis- uh, Michigan state only won or was only, was only ahead for 14 minutes out of the game. Yep. Um, and, the three point shooting from Illinois 
was just slightly a tick above their season average, but it felt dominant at times. Yeah, especially uh, to start the game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this was a good win, not only because in the sense of like, you know, numbers and net and all that other good stuff, but Illinois played well too. It wasn't as if, you know, uh, where Baylor played bad, let's say, and we beat them. Illinois was mm-hmm. good. This was a good gutty win. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They played really good offense. They play really good offense as a team. Um, and kind of like the opposite of the Minnesota game. I expected to lose with two minutes left, even as AJ and who got the other steal uh, to kind of ice the game, put it away. Like, Tyson. Yeah. Tyson. Tyson. Yeah. I expected that to to go the other way. I expected them to pull off the win against Minnesota. Really, no one should listen to me ever again, um, because is right as I might have been on paper. As right as I might have been on paper, it did not feel like it in this game. But uh, credit does need to be given for bounce back games from Malik Hall and AJ Hogard and. I guess Jay Nakins, but it, Minnesota wasn't his fault. So I guess we'll focus on Malik Hall and AJ Hogard um, because there were definitely not bounce back games for Cooper or Sissoko. Kohler played much better. Like something needs to be done in the front court. Jonesy, you were getting to this already. Like there is such an obvious glaring weakness with this team and this program because there aren't any more bigs coming in yep. that needs to be addressed. So I don't know like who wants to convince Carson Cooper to like get in a car and, and just drive in a direction and then leave him like do the old classic, like kick him out the door, throw rocks at him, like just abandon he's, him somewhere. He's the one um, you keep. Also Jackson Kohler played the most minutes we've seen from Jackson Kohler and had two really fantastic offensive rebounds. I, I have a hard time coming after Jackson Kohler because hmm. he missed most of the I season. All of this for Carson Cooper. I apologize. No. I'm distracted by the video now. Mm. <sighs> video. You'll happen. be okay. You'll yep. be, you'll you be okay. to us, Michael Jones. You insisted yep. on this, and now look at what I've done. But anyway, uh, not hmm. last week we got a question from Sheehan about, like, is this the ultimate, like, bounce back game, potentially? And the answer that we gave then, mm-hmm. I still believe, which is that there's a baked in expectation that our program should win these games yes. and do so convincingly, convincingly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And that is not the experience that I had oh, on no. Saturday. No, no, nor did anyone else. Which is why I turned to bear fight. <laughs> which I'm Very plugging good. right now because I'm reminded that you can see it finally. It's got uh, a 96 double gold window winner little seal there. Yep. And it's going in this glass so that I might escape my the memories <laughs> of this week of basketball. All right, but okay. So we dogged on Malik and that's fair. Uh, but is it also fair to say that this might be the best game we've seen from the league played it as most aggressive kept us in it at, at times was, it was a, a meaningful presence in the post and, and has been 
playing in that space a lot more consistently than he has been. I'm not I'm not asking you to say he's been playing consistent, but has been mm-hmm. been more dedicated to providing a post presence to MSU that heretofore in the season we really hadn't seen because our bigs can't give it to us. Mm-hmm. Like I you know, I think that's something. There's something there. It like he clearly needs to get better. Sure. Uh, Minnesota, we didn't talk about. Uh, he played a relatively speaking productive first half, and then the second half they double teamed him, like, and that shut him down completely. Yeah, he needs to be able to pass out of that. He can't. Yeah, listen. Unlike this bear fight, there's no consistency in Malik Hall from week to week, and Correct. as solid as this drink might be right now. Mm. you can't rely on it who knows what this malik hall is going to be in the next game or the next game or the next game you know we take the l at minnesota because he can't do any of that kind of stuff not contribute at all i understand he's being double teamed but five years in the program shown this potential over and over again in these fleeting glimpses i'm not willing to give him credit for it i Mm. need it half the time not a tenth of the time, not 20% of the time. I need it half the time or more. Because Tyson Walker is giving it every go. You know, we probably don't give him enough credit on this podcast. No, he's so, um, you can take him for granted. He's that exactly. consistent. Exactly. And so, I don't know. as nice as it is to get a quad one win at home and as nice as it was that they put it away when they really needed to, usually that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. There was very little about this game that actually ended up making me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's maybe worth remembering, you know, when we went to Illinois, we ended up losing by three. We're up uh, towards the end of that game. But, you know, Two, three points is is what Vegas will spot you for home home court advantage, right? Uh and okay. then and then and then we do better at home. Uh it, it's entirely possible that if this team play like I think I, I think the bigger point of frustration is is less about, and you see this in rebounding. Illinois is a great rebounding team, and yet we out rebounded mm-hmm. them. Minnesota sucks, and we let them hang with us to kick our ass on the boards. So yeah. it, it's this team's playing at, at its competitions level that is frustrating, I think, more than anything else. They well, Illinois is right now Ken yeah. Palm 11. MSU is Ken Palm 16. So these are very similar teams on paper. Just not in the but, records or pursuit of a Big Ten title. Correct. Hmm. Uh so CBS kept insisting that MSU was a last four out team because of the esteemed Jerry Palm. Uh, uh, I can't imagine someone being more wrong about anything than Jerry Palm. Uh, I don't think any of us thought this was a last four out team. Uh, I mean, they are right in one way in that this was the last guaranteed, like winnable quad one game. Like yeah, I, no sure. one's expecting this team to go win at Purdue. So if you wanted to pad this, the, the, uh, record a little bit, this was the one to do it. And they were talking about it at a time where I had no faith 
that MSU right. is going to end up winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't expect the broadcasting crew to have any faith. Um, but uh, I also feel like the loss they did end up being a, losing to Minnesota was very much a also I can't trust any yeah. game. Right. We right. And, and I still like we're yeah. going to preview these games, and and I don't know that I, we should win. Yep. Will we? Yep. <laughs> Who knows? Um. Should we talk about some other good things that happened this week, though? Yeah, yeah. let's talk about actual good things. Uh, the Hockey Boys went and beat the Bad Hockey Boys. Yes, they in did. Ann Arbor and then in Detroit, uh, making a, a three out of four and a full uh, for the year and a full sweep of Michigan in this series. Um, that feels good. That's good for the pairwise. It's great for the Big Ten standings. Yeah, it 100%. secures home ice for the Big Ten tournament. So oh, yeah. we love That's that a big deal. We love that. Um, Come to so, mind. Yeah, it, it like truly. What Nice has been able to do with this program in just a couple of years? Yep, staggering. Yeah, to go take three out of four against a Michigan team that is loaded with talent. Staggering, man. Yep, like yep. It can't be understated how astonishing that this is. Yep. So future is bright. Um, and get out to Mun. Pay those secondary market prices. Um, and get out to Mun. It's a good time. I mean, support this team. They're going to go to the t- NCAA tournament, and they might make some noise, man. This might be a Frozen Four team. Yeah, We'll find Could out. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. It's, uh, I mean, the single elimination both makes it uh, tough and exciting, right? And exciting, uh, yep. You know, it, it gives you a chance to do something. Yep. You know, you get lucky on one night, right, against a, a bad matchup or something. Um, so. And, and if your hate is flowing, this these wins push Michigan down the pairwise and a little bit on the bubble for the tournament. So that's, mm. that's That'd be a, a real tougher. shame. That's a real shame. Terrible for them. Terrible for them. Uh, All right. Should we head off Grand River? Let us. Okay. Uh, There was a uh, a Super Bowl that happened. Does anyone want to comment on that? I see it on here. I have nothing to say. No, I don't. Long did you watch it? I did. Yep, I did. How did How did it make you feel? Walk me through it. No, we didn't have feelings. I mean. The transitive property says that since we beat Kansas City and because both teams played what could only be described as bad football the whole night, yeah. uh, we are the Detroit Lions are the Super Bowl winners. Indeed. So. Indeed. That was what I was thinking the entire first half was yep. the Lions would have won the Super Bowl. Would have won the Super Bowl. If Josh Reynolds had just caught one of the two balls he decided truly to just not catch, we would have won the Super Bowl. So Which, I hope he lives with what that. a for a long time. Truly bizarre feeling in energy mm-hmm. to be in. Like I've never watched the Super Bowl with any stakes before. Uh, it's always been never. like this yep. this amorphous thing that happening. happens for other teams but not yep. for Michigan's not for team. Yep. Um uh, but now mm-hmm. being able to see it under different circumstances and through a different lens. Yep. I it's don't upsetting. like it. Yeah, it was upsetting. It was they were bad. Big bad. Big bad. Yeah. But what's made me feel better tonight? Foggy Mountain salted caramel whiskey 
And I'll tell you this, the, 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 what I might once have called sickly sweet taste. I wouldn't mm. call sickly sweet. I would just say sweet. I might feel sickly in the morning, but I don't know, you know, and we won't podcast in the morning. So you listener won't know either. So you won't know either. And that's why so you head on now. down to foggy bottom, <laughs> foggy bottom and get the foggy mountain salted caramel. Your girlfriend might like it. Your, your gay boyfriend might like it. Uh, I might like it. I could be mm-hmm. both of those things to you. So, you know, Foggy Mountain. That Fox. wasn't my understanding of where you... Doesn't but matter. But anyway. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it later. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, what are you sitting on over there, Michael Jones? I try and forget that plug uh, because I am <laughs> drinking my old friend, our old friend. Uh, the Bamboo. Mr. Bumble. Yeah, it was the Bumble. I called it. Ha! That's because good. hold that hold that bottle up so that people can see the majesty of that thing. Have a look at that. I just want to show the color Ooh. off. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Good it's good color. It's a beautiful oh, look bottle. At that thing. Real cork pops on the and shelf. It is. It, really uh, it truly is delicious. Like this. No lie. It is my favorite rum by a lot. It is. It really it's looks like a rum. It looks like a rum that fell off a pirate ship and like washed its way onto shore. And you just you, pop there should the be a ship in and that give it a drag. Yes. There should be a ship yes. in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well done. You know what? To celebrate Bumboo, we're going to take another pull off of the old bear fight. Mm. And I'll bear just fight. do some gargling with Foggy Mountain. <laughs> Cheers, Salty gentlemen. Your girlfriend likes it. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Maybe your girlfriend, ba- gay boyfriend. That's your there's a lot going on there. Bo- girl Have friend. a foggy bottom. <laughs> Speaking of foggy bottom, though, and I know you want to move us on. At the, the neighbors we went to to listen to watch the game last night, we actually watched the Nickelodeon telecast for most of the game, and it was one hundred percent worth it. So, if you haven't seen, how that, did they explain the yeah, Travis Kelsey whole review of Romo today? Being like, he's terrible. Well, he's not good. He really made a name for himself guessing like four plays um, mm-hmm. that uh, offenses were running and yep. signed a massive contract and the rest yep. was history. Well done. Uh, but how did SpongeBob handle it when uh, Travis Kelsey was yelling at at Andy? I, you know, I didn't see that. And I didn't know the context of that um, meme, which has got to be, Jones, one of your best Uh one of your best tweets. And you've had some real zingers this season. And not enough like, people so. liked it. I think maybe mm-hmm. it was just a little inundated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was oh. really, I, I saw it and I was like, I've seen this picture mm-hmm. before. You've seen this picture uh, before. Uh, all right. Next up, Chip Kelly leaves UCLA to be the offensive coordinator at OSU. I, hmm. this was astounding because this isn't coach leaves for NFL job to no longer have to recruit. He very much has to recruit. Um, This is UCLA sucks. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the only conclusion that you can come to. I think it's hilarious that Chip Kelly was on so many dark horse candidates for the MSU job. And now clearly that man was one foot out the door, ready to just go be a coordinator somewhere else. Yep. His agent yep. was Does like, that count? please, 
please put me in for this job, please. Yep. Speaking of agents getting on the horn right away. Again, DJ Fleck. Rowing the boat. Rowing the boat on Twitter like you would not believe. I just, again, I think this is where we have to pause again and just say, confirmed listener, Alan Haller, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for all you've done for us. My God. Because honestly, it's shaking out that Jonathan Smith will be, in fact, the best hire this college football season uh, in terms of this offseason. We're not going to do better than him, especially for a program like ours. Uh, I, I, and not enough good things to say. Which I heard from the Oregon State fans, less than UCLA. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're seeing mm-hmm. we're seeing more evidence of that, you know, right yes. here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. UCLA already made a hire, but I just you know, no one goes to the games. Mm-hmm. Football is a priority, I guess. Yeah, I don't, you know, talk about a place though, that has just fallen off, right? Like Mm -hmm. even they're successful in basketball and it's still, there's not the same energy behind, uh, you know, their basketball program. I, I, I just can't imagine, I don't know what it's like to be a student there, to be a a program of that, a, a school of that historical nature and to feel like everyone is so ambivalent to, Mm-hmm. success of your program is just wild to me. Yeah. It's LA baby. It's LA. There's just so much to do. Yeah. You can hike. <laughs> There's uh traffic. <sighs> That's it. That's it. That's smog. Smog. Food. smog. Food. There's yep. good food, food, food. Uh, yeah, drive to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of insufferable things, Ward manual, New college football playoff selection committee chair. I got the ability of that I, body. My God. I, my Lord and my God, I could not and still do not accept this, but could not believe Condoleezza Rice is walking around with an erection and doesn't know why. <laughs> I need someone. She's like, Tubby. Tubby, what's going, what's going on? on? <laughs> And my pantsuit, Jesus Christ! No, this is this is horrible. Uh, word manual is the if you look up the word morbid in the dictionary, it's a picture of Ward Manual spilling over the collar in his shirt. Uncouth. The man has presided over, and I think this has to be true, but I don't know. Uh more NCAA investigations against this program than any other athletic director in the University of Michigan's history. He has had at least as much negative doozies, at least as much negative press as, as probably as ever has, has afflicted their university. He is in zero control of any of the main programs that he purports to lead. The president of the university goes out of his way to emasculate Ward Manuel <laughs> anytime he gets in front of a microphone, and the cockasses at the college football playoff have decided to name him the chair? You couldn't prove your own ineptitude any more solidly than by hiring Ward Manuel. He is the definition of a cuck. Nobody respects you, Ward. You are an imbecile. And I mean, and if you take all of that and you put it away, if you just take it all and and ignore it, put it in a box, what does it look like to have 
the athletic director of the school that just won the national title be elected to now chair the selection. It just, on its face, knowing if you knew nothing else, on its face, it is just a reprehensible and bald-faced decision to just rob it of its credibility and integrity. I can't. I haven't said enough. A program that there was an argument perhaps shouldn't have been invited to the college football player uh, playoff. But and now he does know he's going to have to answer director. questions from the media, right? Like that is well, part I, maybe, of the gig. No, Santa Ono will do it is. for him. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe yeah. the whole committee was like, this whole question and answer thing is really uncomfortable. And <laughs> and Ward spoke up and he was like, you know, actually, uh, you can just not, not be accountable in any way. <laughs> And it turns out that it's just fine. And they were like, are you sure, Ward? He was like, put me in charge. I will show you, I'll tell you how truly me. little you have to do in order to hold this position. Just give me the give me the gig. And they were like, all right, if he's willing to do it, he's, he's willing to put his robust mass in front of that bullet. You know, we will let him absorb that. And uh, that is what Ward has proven himself perfectly capable of doing doing. the problem is the national media and the, the, you know, the amount of attention that goes on the college football playoff greatly exceeds that, which he has experienced at the university of Michigan. So Ward, this is going to backfire on you, bub. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's, uh, let's move along to some other news. Uh, Reportedly, Northwestern is to hire Harlan Barnett as a new defensive backs coach. We could have snuck this in when Plum was thanking uh, <laughs> Alan Haller. Um, that was the time to yes. bring this up, I think, probably. <laughs> I'm going to try the audio cutting here. I'll just get to cut that and then just yeah, cut it right that. That's good. Uh, no, it is a little bit sad, though, right? Like, It's odd to see him in conference. That mm-hmm. feels odd. I don't know. Chicago's a great city. Uh, people like Evanston. It's pleasant up there. I, it's all good for him. I mean, the thing, I mean, the, the fact is, none of us have anything negative to say about Harlan Burnett. And other than as a coach, other than oh, other than as a coach, and, and, <laughs> as his and chosen silly, profession, as his chosen profession. But I just mean he was in an unenviable position, making hundreds of thousands of dollars and really being required to do nothing. And in fact, did nothing. So, you know, uh, it wasn't his fault. I mean, he was never the guy and everyone knew that. And was he a bad DB coach? I don't know. It's frankly irrelevant. And Northwestern is going to figure out that if he's not great, but (laughs) so, you know, in many ways, this is just, this is deck chairs and good for him. He landed somewhere. He served us at a time we needed him to. He he wasn't going to ever do good. He's not capable of that. So yeah. he's a Spartan. We love him and uh, wish him the best where he goes. <laughs> so after all that, he's a Spartan. We love him. He's go green, Harlan. He's, go green. Yeah. He's gone. Uh, he's he gone. got paid handsomely so, for the time he's been here. That's it. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't add on the outline and I don't need to talk about it right now, but there was some Mel Tucker news this week. Um, uh, so we can, we can maybe touch on that next week if it feels right uh yeah we've got one light-hearted thing and then we've got one serious thing uh the networks are all teaming up 
to provide a shared streaming service for sports, which feels like cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a real uh, cable vibe to it. Well, they're calling get it Cable Town, too. So it's weird. You subscribe and you can get all these networks. If one of us has the game, you can watch it here. Isn't that for what the low Comcast price for? of eighty nine ninety nine yeah. a month? Yeah, I can't wait until that. I mean, it, literally, it's. Uh. And then you're still gonna have to get the BTM Plus. You're still gonna have to get Pacock. Your Pacocks, your BTNs, your Paramount <laughs> you Pluses. You got your Pacocks. You got your TBS <laughs> online Zoom. All of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You got so, your ten think- of classic movies for the tournament. It's <laughs> great. Everything's it's in black so- and white and played over. You got your Spike <laughs> TV. <laughs> uh, I I just suspect that this is a story that we end up coming back to at some point in time. That this, I, yeah, this feels like a meaningful move. Uh, the the networks are splitting yeah. the ownership of this new streaming service, so it's it's wild. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. curious to see. I wonder if there's antitrust implications. It doesn't matter. Um, well, it's also, right. it, that would be interesting though, real quick, Jonesy, sorry to interrupt you, but because it's Fox and ESPN, so it's the primary stakeholder Truly. for the Big Ten, of course, yeah. and the yeah. primary stakeholder for ESPN joining forces into for SEC, one. You meant. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, sorry, SEC, forgive me. Yep. Uh, distracted again by video. Mm. It's a new world. Oh my gosh. It's a new world. We're all just adapting to it. All several people that are going to watch this on YouTube. The tens of you. Uh, Uh, We need to do more visual sight gags so that people that listen on the podcast mm. need to move over to YouTube or at least Mm -hmm. like check it back out again. Yes, we get two. We get two. Guys, look at what I'm drawing on the wall over here. Isn't this funny? I'm drawing such a funny, silly thing, huh? Uh. Truly must right. be seen to be believed. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> uh-huh. um, what happens when I get into the bear fight? <laughs> bear fight. Uh, if uh, if you're listening to this today, this comes out, though. Uh, it is worth mentioning that today is the one year anniversary of uh, the shooting that happened on Michigan State's campus. Um, and I don't know. Certainly, I've been thinking about that as we went into recording, and um, I don't know. Uh, in some ways, I guess it's it's maybe worth reflecting a bit because in the time after the shooting, I felt like um, I felt like it, my relationship with the school had changed. Hmm. That hmm. Uh, that there'd been some sort of. I, I feared for that uh, that sort of youthful in, innocence that that pervades East Lansing, and even as an alum coming back there, there's there's something about uh, there's something free about a college town, mm. um, and and worried that it changed, and and I'm and I'm I guess I'm relieved maybe to say that in the times that I've been back, I've it's felt like the home that it was before. Um, but Kevin, I, I would turn to you and ask how, how it's, how the year and, and that time has passed. And, um, and if, if there's any questions you have for say media members who might be listening that you, you'd like maybe reported on since sometimes those get submitted as sometimes that happens mm-hmm. suggestions. Uh, I think 
there are two things that come immediately to mind. One is credit that needs to be given to this community for its resiliency. Um, it, uh, the immediate days after that event were really bizarre here. And I don't think people really understood what to do, where to go. It was traumatic. The particularly the, the manhunt that ensued that evening. I think we all oh, yeah. are familiar with that. Um, yeah. But when the students came back to campus, the outpouring of support of the community, just um, people coming in from probably every county in the state, outside of the state, um, just the number of, of folks that thought it was important to be on campus to help bridge that gap for the students, I thought was, I mean, I was moved by it. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other side, it's, it is strange to me how this place has moved on. It, for those that might be listening to this podcast, but didn't experience the shooting for themselves, I kind of, it's similar to the pandemic. It's like, we don't acknowledge it anymore. We don't talk about it. We, it's the past. We're moving on. We're moving forward. It was a very traumatic event. We were all affected by it, but we're not acknowledging it. It's impolite. So I, uh, on one hand, I give a great deal of credit to this community for the way that it's handled yep. this. On the other hand, I wish we societally were more open about this because it, there are still moments that I think about this. This happened recently. I was driving down 96 um, eastbound towards U Plum. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, there was an emergency vehicle coming the other way. And I just thought about like that night and how thousands of emergency vehicles from all over the state were pouring into the city. And I was like, God, it must have been so bizarre to be on 96 that evening and to just see what's happening. Car police car after police car. Well, I'll never and forget. I'll never forget you back. Well, I'll never forget your face. I mean, we were, we were here in the, U, uh, well, not Zencaster, but we were on zoom, I guess, with each other. And <clears throat> your camera was facing just the, a little bit opposite because we could hear the sirens on your microphone and you got up and went to your window and your camera followed you and then zoomed in a little bit. And I just remember you looking back over your shoulder at us and looking back there. And that image will always stick with me. This sort of like, this is, this is wrong. This is whatever this it's, is, is I don't, I can't comprehend what this is, but it's very bad, but it can't, it can't be good. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I, uh, I, think, I think Greg, you were, you said two things that were smart there that are not smart, but is sort of telling there. One is that there's uh smart makes it seem like there was some, you are smart, but insightful maybe is, is what I'm looking for. Um, one is that the, the outpouring of support is the same reason that you can go anywhere in the world and say, go green to someone wearing Michigan state stuff. And they'll say, go white back to you. There, there is a, a fraternity there that, that follows no. you. Um, or maybe they don't I, say go white right away, but like they'll keep walking a little bit and they'll be like, Oh crap. I was supposed to say go white. Oh, 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 then you turn yeah, around and have shout moment. it with all you've got anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, yep. it, it's like if, if a Spartan reaches out to me on LinkedIn for like career, I, I will always take that meeting, right? Like there's something about 
Spartans looking out for other Spartans that is, um, because, because that place is so special and meant so much to so many in, in formative years or in their time there, like, you know, that, that you, you hold that. And that's why it was so devastating even for me over here as a coastal elite to see it. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think the other thing that you said that, that about sort of the impoliteness of it, of, and, and this isn't unique to Michigan state. I would say this is true about every one of our mass shootings. And there are plenty that at some mm -hmm. point in time, it becomes annoying and impolite to remind people that there was zero reason that those people had to die from gun violence. Correct. And, um, and so, um, or yeah, have their lives I, permanently altered through gun violence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about that, you know, as, as we celebrate clearly Jeremy Fears's return to potentially being able yeah. to play basketball again. Right. Like, I, I, it's great to see he's athletically doing okay, but someone shot yeah. him. I hope he's okay. Like, you know, uh, it's still, you know, as much as I enjoy being on campus, you look at the union just a little differently than you might've before. Um, yeah. and I wasn't there. So, you know, it, I just, uh, I think, ooh, we try and do an okay job, but uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. not lost on me that we haven't talked a lot about this in a little while. And, um, and people died, people were, had their lives physically ruined. Plenty of had their lives mentally and emotionally ruined because of this. And, and it's all guns. Um, yep. So anyway, uh, which is why we'll continue to use this platform to talk about that. Yeah. And not perfectly. We're not going to do it perfectly, but yep. we'll That's right. continue to bring it up. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway. Oh, and I guess to circle oh. back, Peacock, uh, I believe, I believe did the best job of saying shot. Mm. They had the most, they, they said the they most said the word. direct about saying that Jeremy Fears was shot. Mm -hmm. There wasn't coded language or mincing of words. And so, Pakak, you get a subscriber in May. We salute you. It's not just Condoleezza Rice. We also salute you right now. Um, all right. Should we preview some games? Yeah. Uh, all right. So two games this week. First is about uh, against Penn State, which is a team that we have not yet played. They are Ken Palm 89, 80 on offense, yeah, we, 106 we on them? defense. Yeah, we played them. Sure. Sure. Well, we played them. you know what? Who can remember? Then we play both of these teams, and there's no need to, to preview anything. Yeah, we're just going to win, win everything, win, win everything, Kevin, lose everything. Kevin, Kevin, can you tell me Penn State? Penn State historically doesn't care at all about basketball. What's their Ken Palm ranking? Uh, 89. Oh, and, then uh, you and, and Michigan's me. what? What's Michigan? Uh, good old 103. Oh, shit. Sad, pathetic Penn State who... Mm. Had to rebuild their entire roster and just lost their coach and doesn't care at all about basketball is actually better than Michigan. That sucks. That's interesting, huh? So they do have a, a win against Wisconsin. Um, in yeah. fact, 
Now, both of these teams have a win against Wisconsin. We do not, notably. Uh, <laughs> Jonesy and I have experienced that for ourselves. Um, Palm wasn't there. Couldn't make it. Wasn't invited. But um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, Penn State uh, just lost on the road at Northwestern. Beat Iowa at home. So, like, this is not a good team. They're reeling. But still, the question that I would ask this podcast can you trust this team? Is this a week? Is this a week where we find out to what degree you can trust this team? These are two winnable Big Ten road games. Can you trust this team? No, not at all. Of course not. Nor should you. If you are trusting this team at this point, you are dumber than you are stupid. Just stop. Tune in. Enjoy it. Enjoy the pain. Um, or joy. I'll tell you this, I watched the last three minutes and only the last three minutes of the Illinois game. And you can't convince me that wasn't the best we played all season. And I only had good things to say. (laughs) No, of course not. I definitely watched the last three minutes, but I knew these idiots had butt fucked the game up to then. (laughs) And you should too. Penn State and Michigan are going to be absolute trash shows. We might lose at Michigan just for the fun of it. But that's this team this year. So, Foggy Mountain, for fun. For fun. (laughs) You'll need it. (laughs) All right. Let's do these Twitter questions. Uh, First up, Mike Jones. Was Harbaugh actually speaking about Brandon Naruto being born on third base, standing there thinking he hit a triple? I don't know this reference. This is... For those her. that don't know, this is the the hockey coach at U of M at the University of Michigan, mm. uh, who has uh, gone one for four against MSU this year, and he inherited a team that had just been to the Frozen Four, and then last season put three guys into the top five in the NHL draft, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is pretty born on third, isn't it? But um, we will see. We will see where this plays out. I know I, I talked to some some hockey guy at one point. I don't know who it was. It's not relevant. Um, that said that Brandon Naruto is a pretty good coach and uh, could be a concern for us. Um, but we'll see where this goes. Uh, so Sounds far, like I believe good coach. the head-to-head is now tied between Naruto and Knights. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, how shitty of a job is UCLA for Chip Kelly to bolt for a demotion in the same conference? Should we thank Chip for sticking around as long as he did? I mean, there's a lot Hmm. of this going around. People are saying. People People are are saying. saying. People say. Uh, next up, Beth Amaro. What's more likely to be the highlight of the season? Steven getting his first points or coach making it to his 26th straight tourney? Uh, Steven. Again, it's the baked in. It's the expectations. The expectations are to meet the tournament, to make the tournament. So Mm -hmm. the joy will have come from Stevie Izzo calling Kobe, bouncing it off the backboard. I I do think we should be clear. The expectation is not to make the tournament. The expectation is higher than that. And it Mm. feels like we got a little, we've all gotten a little, well, at least we made the tournament. At least, like the 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 Overton window has been shifted down 
for what mm-hmm. expectations are in in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that that's uh, that's good. I don't know that that's the way we should be talking. So the answer is Stevie. Mm-hmm. Second up from uh, Beth, uh, with the apocalypse unfolding at the school down the road, while Spartan football is literally rising like a phoenix from the ashes, I think there's no question we clean their clock this year. Agree or disagree? I'm always going to agree She's with that. Certainly right about the trend. There's no, there's no debating that. Yep. Hmm. Uh, it is, it is a bit of a disaster down there. You hate to see it, hmm. uh, but they, they'll probably be still fine. They're still Michigan. They're Pretty not going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, and but I agree. There were games that were won when Harbaugh was not head coach. Now he participated in the entire week's prep up to that point, just didn't coach during the game, but there's a degree to which maybe this program can just be handed off. We'll see. Uh, Next up, Matt Wiggins. What if AJ always cared? Then we'd Hmm. be undefeated. I, the episode title for this, I don't care what they say is going to be uh, by Adderall and bulk. Uh, So, I think it's it's more it's more attention and effort related for me than anything else. Mm, yeah, but I think that does speak about caring. It's yeah, willingness, discipline. I don't care. That's a lot of things, but the point is, I think the the question remains: if if AJ did any of the things expected of him, we would maybe wouldn't be undefeated, but wouldn't have we have ten losses or nine losses now? Nine, nine, I think. Uh, nine. Yes. Yeah. 15 and nine. Yep. Next up, Kate wall for as great as Malik Hall was down at the, down the end of the game. I've never seen Malik Hall do that before. So what's to expect me to see him do it again. Mike last week, 22 and five on Saturday, including two consecutive and ones to take and retake the lead for good. Did you see it again? I did, Kate, and that's a really great call out. Malik was fantastic in that game, but you know what else I've seen him do again? 34 minutes, four rebounds, three assists, six points. Kate, One I'm four sorry. Six at the line. I respect your commitment to the bit. I really do. Please <laughs> keep it up. Like, truly keep them coming. Keep calling me out. But if you think at minimum that I'm not going to continue to neg Malik Hall in hopes that he plays himself into consistency, then you are wrong. He's terrible. He's got to go play well, Malik. But like one that. for well six done, from the line. One for. S- yeah. One for seven. In fact, uh, Dan Hellpepper is next. What does the custodial staff at Breslin do about Coleman Hawkins still laying there on the floor complaining about not getting a foul call? Well, we you didn't just talk put- about the technicals. I didn't oh, see them. Yeah. I didn't see oh. them because I only started watching at the last three minutes of the game, Michael. So okay. Coleman Hawkins got teed up like right away. Apparently, the way he tells it, uh, a fan while he was shooting a three point shot shouted, mm-hmm. You suck. Well, he uh, does. And- Fair. So he turned around and said, Boom. And he got teed up for that. Yeah, for yelling uh, at the crowd. Yeah. And then later on, Jay Nakins uh, got teed up for talking at the Illinois bench, which 
also feels out of character. Like if we're being real about who Jade Nakins is, does I could see Tyson doing that. I could see AJ doing that. I could even see maybe Malik doing that. Jade. Yeah, all of those people. But you but know, so. I- but I also remember uh, the reason it's alarming is because I remember Hunter Dickinson talking at Tom Izzo multiple times and nothing happening. Well, so let's be clear. Season over season, the points of emphasis for the officials change. And this year, it seems like it's probably something around. That doesn't feel like it needs to be a point of emphasis. Well, I'm just saying it, it feels like it's probably something around taunting. What's interesting is when I was still actively roughing in the NCAA, taunting was an ejection not a yellow card, which is the rough equivalency of a technical. So I don't know. I'm, I would agree with you. I don't think saying boom to the crowd or probably saying almost anything to the bench is ejection worthy, but clearly. I'd never seen anyone get teed for talking to the crowd before. It, yeah. That was new to me. It, it this, was a, this was a very soft referee crew though. I yeah. don't, I didn't recognize one of the officials he called and he called several, like a couple and ones for us in the last, again, three minutes of the game when I watched. But then there was that one foul on Carson Cooper where oh the guy is like, literally, it's not a foul. <laughs> it's not a foul. foul. No, and, no, and everyone knows it's not a foul. That referee had to because the and one was so soft that he yeah. had to get the makeup call. And that's the proof that makeup calls happen. I yep. have made countless makeup calls because. <laughs> Because every referee has, there's not a single referee who's never made a makeup call. And if they tell you they haven't, they're lying to you and they're lying to themselves because you, you, you just swallow the whistle. Sometimes you just make the, or, or you blow it too soon. And then you've got to like commit to the bit and you feel like a douche ass. And then the next opportunity you have, you call the shit foul. And then someone yells, thanks for makeup. And you just have to be like, I am an imbecile. I'm an, I'm the imbecile. But you just hope that it all squares away. And it doesn't. You just look like a douche. And that's what this guy did. Uh, yep. <laughs> next up is Well, that's Dan also Elfman. why okay. when you're Jay Nakins, you can't give them a reason to tech you up. That's That was just yeah. the, the they dumbest. They were looking so for it. We, we didn't yeah. talk about that, though. So Tom Izzo, as Plum, you might suspect, was apoplectic. Sure. Lost his shit And did on not Jay get teed up. Oh, I no. thought you were going to say the referees. No. He was all the way on the other side of the the, the free throw line. Like the key, he was on the opposite side yelling at Jay uh, Nakins. All the way out on the, on the court. And and, uh, and, and, and A.J. Hogarth pushed him away. Many are saying that's the most leadership A.J. Hogarth has ever showed. To be like, <laughs> it was also, it was also <laughs> short-lived. It, it saved Jake Nakins like this much. Yeah. <laughs> and go oh, yeah, on YouTube and see what I'm showing uh, yeah. on the on the video feed. Yeah. Um, because Jay Nakins got an earful for the next like three and a half minutes as they went to commercial break. But it it, it was it, 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 you you remember uh, Aaron Henry getting it I think and and Cash mm-hmm. is stepping in right like the, yep the, it was a bit of a moment we'll see. Because again, I trust nothing about this team, but Correct. we'll see if it, you've not seen AJ ever do that. You've never seen him step in to be like, I've got this. We've yep. truly, we've never seen him do that. Correct. So no, that well, is but, a bit of a big deal. 
But AJ is the one who can like AJ will like sort of collapse his shoulders and get down on Tom's level and have like the stop yelling like I'm right here kind of thing. And Tom will like do Tom's thing where he kind of like looks around like he's it broke the spell. AJ is able to do that. And I think that's because Tom entrusts his point guards to be able to manage him. And uh, that's I, I and I don't give it's not praise. It's just an observation. But AJ does do it with some consistency. Uh, last up from Dan Halperper with the with the really with the best question that's ever been asked on this podcast ever since brad underwood has proven to be a ham with hair <laughs> what cut is he shank butt or spiral slice c it's a good question so i like question. shank I, I like shank i also i yep. really like the comb over whenever he turns around it's because to look at he's the bench, pink it's it's just like the you can see through the four or five strands of the comb over. But he's um, he's pink. He's a pink person. He's very he's ham pink. It's it's great. He definitely looks like someone that should not be able to recruit um, basketball yes. youths at um, any level. Yeah, and it's he butt. does feel like someone butt. who should be able to negotiate for the waste management responsibilities of a town in New Jersey. That's right. Though. He yeah. seems like he's in the wrong gig. Mm-hmm. He seems like he uh-huh. should be like Ames, Iowa, Ford dealership salesman of the year. Um, yeah, but he should have been. He's a Jim Jordan's wrestling coach understudy. That's that's <laughs> what we were going for there. Next up is Jarrett Carpenter. Why does Tom Izzo not get more technicals? It seems he says some terrible things to the ref and then they give it to Aikens and Coleman and they give Aikens and Coleman tease for taunting. Plum, why can a coach Plum. say truly horrendous things and not get teed up? They And they do. The things I was paid to put up with and any other Big Ten official has been paid to put up with, it's because the coaches in the Big Ten, at least for soccer, and I'm confident this is true with basketball to a large extent, the coaches set the assignments. And when I say set the assignments, what I mean is the coaches choose who makes the list. The coaches rank the referees. The referees' rankings inform what whether they make the, the list, whether they're going to be selected for conference officiating duties. And so if you're out there willingly teeing guys up, you will not be on the list. There, there, there is no independent arbiter. This isn't like there's a like referee wizard who watches 900 basketball games a week and is just evaluating every single referee and being like, you are the objective best. You have made it. No, it's all politics. It's who you know, how often you see them, and whether both a combination of your own skill and fate have conspired to lead you onward in your path. And for every amazing referee who is working in the Big Ten, there are four or five others who are just as good technically who didn't win the politics lottery. And so the guys that are there are just as good at politics as they are at officiating the game. And they know that they can tee up Tom probably once every four years. And so that's about the rate of the number of officials that exist. And that's the number of times that Tom gets teed up a season, generally no more than twice. So that's, that's the answer to that. I got to imagine there's some magic words he can't utter though. Sure. He's never going to, he'll, you can say, what the fuck? You can't say, fuck you, you know? That was fucking horrible. Yep, you can say that. Your mother's a fucking dog. You can't say that, right? So, like, you can dance around. Like, swear, all swears are not created equal, and that's. Yeah. But the, even if you can use the word, you just—it's how you direct it, you know. So sure. yeah, not directed at the official, but at the call. You didn't say it to him. It's the call. The call. I'm complaining about the call or 
whatever, you know, and, and anything that you can do, but you just never know, you know, and then all of a sudden they get, you know, with, I mean, that, that's, by the way, it's, I'm, I'm frankly, I was astounded that Collins got ejected. I was astounded Courtney Green ejected him. Courtney Green probably won't see Northwestern for the next season or two because what happened against Purdue is so flagrantly outside the bounds of acceptable that Collins, frankly, should have been allowed to say whatever the fuck he wanted to him. And I can only imagine Collins, it was... Collins did all of us a favor. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, he did. He did. He himself on the prior for the Big Ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he did a great job. I mean, the things he said had to have been truly, truly bad. Like, <laughs> truly Remember that time bad. that Fran got in the staring match with the official? Yes, with yes. Kelly. <laughs> With with yeah. I with farm boy Kelly. That should have been yes. te- that should have been teed up yes. for yes. sure. Yes, but like Ward Manual in front of Santa Ono, he said, Yes, sir, thank you, sir. May I have another, sir? And Kelly told everyone at that point that in fact, yes, Fran, Iowa's head coach, has controlled Kelly getting on the list. And Fran told all of America, I own you. I own you. And that's and why Kelly does. hasn't done as many Big Ten games this year. At all, because he can't. Well, he did the one. He did. It's also because he's so barrel chested that he needs two plane tickets to fly anywhere. It's just prohibitively expensive <laughs> getting is. him out of South right. Dakota. So. Next up is Ali. <laughs> he can, he only does one carry on, and he might check one bag. He can't do. Yeah. He it's can't, a, he it's, can't a, do it's too much. He wears his <laughs> uniform when he flies too. It's really unbecoming. <laughs> it's more than 3.4 ounces. All right, next up, Ali. Uh, since Wednesday is a road game, what new excruciating way will this team lose to Penn State? Who do you have your money on not showing up? <laughs> well, Kate, it's Malik Hall. Uh, <laughs> but it is. And Madi will also be well, yeah, there. Yeah, that's what you put our money. We game. know that. Yeah, okay. We've established that that will happen. Oh, okay. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth, what snacks and beverages do you consume during the superb owl? I'm actually more curious, uh, Kevin, for you to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Did, did you go somewhere or did you just stay at home and sort of slop the gruel? We slopped the gruel. Yeah. It was, it was a gruel slopping evening over yep. here. Yep. Um, we had no interest in doing or going anywhere. I yep. barely watched the game. I like yep. snuck in. I, I nibbled at it. Yeah, like so many rice cakes. The gruel. Yep. And then I was back out again uh, because I just after watching it and after coming to that conclusion about the lions, I just like couldn't do it. Couldn't yep. do it anymore. That's it. And I was glad that I didn't have to be somewhere social and put up with social things. Ugh. Yeah. Mike, what did you no, make for the game? I, I just assume you you had you use this as an excuse to cook something delicious. I did. I did. Yes. Not we, you. Uh, we had a. We, I'm going to choose to believe that no. this is still for me. We had, a, we had a fine Soylent. It was uh, powdered Soylent with like a, a nice cacao powder on top of it um, with a little bit of uh, peanut butter in there um, on a spoon served on a flavors. next a lot to of, it. A lot of flavors um, for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, I, uh, I had some pulled pork. Um, that I then, um, you know, I had some smoked pulled pork and then I, I, I turned it into tacos. Um, that's, okay. I didn't watch the game. So yeah. I'd rather have Soylent. Um, next butt, up from Nate it. C. Yeah. 
this weekend was a really great sports weekend, helped along by U of M losing in nearly every sport possible, including somehow football. Speaking of, do you think we'll see a mass exodus of players from that program? It's a good question. Well, I had one, and I've been told he made the call yeah. an hour before the Super Bowl, guys. An hour yeah. before the Super Bowl. Who would do that? I don't. I don't know what the implication of that is. I don't. Why does that right, matter? Does that? That that's kind of my point. Like, who cares? Uh-huh. Yeah, truly, it's right, a joke. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, last up from Nate C. It's past time that what? hockey led. They're number one in the Big Ten. Just swept. Uh, oh, okay. We're number one in the Big Ten. Just swept scum and played the best sport. Your boomer esque stubbornness to stand on tradition will be your downfall. Why, <laughs> Nate? The data leads. The data leads. The subject of that sentence seemed to jump around a little bit. I'm not totally sure. I think he's calling us cowards for not leading with hockey every episode. Ah, I think that's what this is. It's oh, that was monopoly in nature. Oh, I read it as past tense. He did write it's past time that hockey lead, but I just assumed I, I assumed differently. Okay, my I sorry, can't read, can't write. Yep. Next and up. that's and that's frankly why uh, football continues to lead. <laughs> Go ahead. The Geetsky, create a whole segment on NIL updates. <laughs> I do think if we turn this podcast purely into a bit of a sort of a rag, if you will, where we just covered NIL gossip throughout the country. Just mm-hmm. the tea on NIL. That might be a very successful podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, Keith, there's, there's, there's not enough, there's not enough juice there. Like they keep it really close to the chest. Don't they? 24 seven had a, uh, article that came out either this week or last week. That was like anonymized players talking about their NIL experiences. And even then I didn't know that I could trust it. Just, you know, reading through it. It was this we whole could go system through the roster is, and read the on three projections. Yeah, just uh, this whole system is just gnarly. And there is as much as we like to poke fun at coaches deciding to stop being head coaches and go be, you know, coordinators places. I also kind of don't blame them a little bit because mm-hmm. it's crazy out there right now. What's happening? Um, next up from the key ski. Does Grooch talk like this when not recording example, you got your butlers and your Indianas and your other teams. If yes. Why do you like him? Keith. Greg is so much worse than you realize. He's constantly <laughs> workshopping bits. And you know what? I don't even talk to him that much. If you mm-hmm. hear his wife talk about the, the way he just is. Yeah. He's got he his bits. Like, he's got his contrivances. He's got his, <laughs> his voices. I personally, I personally like the taste of his mouth. And that's why I'm friends with him. I do. The first person to ever say that. That's the kindest thing. It's, yeah, I've it's ever, true. It I've is true. Heard. Yeah, it's one of my perversions, um, as it were. Yeah, it is true. Kiski, I can assure you, it's so much worse uh, in person. You get, you, get, you get what he's workshopped all week. 
This is the sanitized kind of like uh, sanded down version of Grooch uh, on this podcast. In case his mom listens. If you're you're not watching from home, you'll notice that Jones and I are generally looking into the camera. Kevin's not because everything he said tonight has been scripted. And that is the hardest part for us in the podcast is trying to, for us to maintain some sort of organic thing with him actually reading something that he's practiced this for 40 hours this week. I'm like a really bad amateur stand-up reading my bits off of my mm-hmm. phone, and then mm-hmm. I like just sort of give up at the end. If you guys ever seen this at an open time. mic night, where they just sort of read off their phone, and then they're like, "Okay, I think that's it for tonight. Thanks, it's my time. Bye." <laughs> that's my podcast energy. <laughs> okay, I think that's it for me. Okay, bye. You got you got your bad bits. You got your yeah. crappy jokes. Yeah. You got your tasty mouths. All right, next up, Mamopoly. Mamopoly. Oh, you skipped one. You skipped one from the case. I didn't. It doesn't matter. It nothing matters. It's about AJ. He sucks. We know. Move on. It's got a visual aid. It does have a visual aid. When we're on YouTube, we can't show. You won't see. Uh, You're right, Keith. Love you on this platform. All right, Mamopoly says MSU announced in honor of the one year mark of the campus shooting. Classes will not be held on February 13th, and that while classes would resume on the 14th, exams and assignments were not to be made due on this date either. If you were on or near campus, where would go to reflect? Okay, that's a long windup for... And they added nothing. It it was not relevant. I kind of wondered if maybe we'd be nice to her because of the subject of this question, but I think we have found the no. Chose against it. Chose against it. There is no bounds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to choose to answer it sincerely. I I could do a little campus walk, just a general campus walk. I think it's a campus Um, walk. Yep. I thought you were going to say Thursday, Rama. Yeah. Uh, Also (laughs) that. Also (laughs) that. I think they're All right. Let's see if we can do better than this. Next up from Monopoly, uh, post game, Brand Ad- uh, Brad Underwood was asked about lead changes and ties as the story of a lot of Big Ten games this season. Followed by quote, "What separate teams in those? What separates teams in those moments? What's your answer? Successful free throws, turnovers, mental toughness, and focus." His answer was Zach Eady. Is that true? Was that really his answer? This the, man the really question is there's ham there was, with hair. There, there was a lot of there was a question about the parity within the Big Ten this year that, uh, that you know so many so many ranked teams losing on the road and like and then so the question was about separation and his point was is that Purdue is in a separate class you know that's yeah uh, it but it, it's a it's a good question I don't know that his question is wrong though Zach Eady is both giant and good so. But give credit where credit's due. He's no, excellent. that's I don't. That's not. That wasn't the question, and that's a stupid answer if that was the answer to that question. Though I will accept it was a, the parody question. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean turnover. I guess it's metal. It's mental toughness and focus. I think that's. I think that's it. Because that, if you have that, you make the free throws. You don't. So you think drive you the think lane off the Big Ten. Well, I don't know about the Big Ten. I can only speak for Michigan State. Uh, but you look at Illinois, should not have lost to us at home. Are you kidding? Yuck. Boo earns. Um, and how do, you, how do you explain Minnesota? 
listen, Max Christie's brother, Dax Christie, could not possibly have had the night that he had hadn't it been for mental toughness. The Christie family is so consistently bad at anything that they try, including physical appearance, that it is inconceivable you could... <laughs> Kevin laughing, I totally took me out of it. Dax Christie! Just made no attempt, no attempt to look up the name. Oh, he's got all the tools. <laughs> he chose. He chose to dispense with all of them and go with Dax. <laughs> also, dear, 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 you're wondering why Greg's holding his ears is because the AirPods will fall out while he's the laughing. AirPods are falling out because because of, of Dax Christie. I really tried to commit and I couldn't. You were laughing. Too hard. <laughs> I had to laugh too. Uh, I wonder if age is part of the answer. The Big Ten's pretty old this year. So maybe there's something about uh, you just They've not losing up. it on home court. Yeah. yeah that too. They, they're all cashing in checks. Yeah. They don't care. Uh, well, I mean, so, but that is the question. How in the world has NIL made them like, I mean, I, 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 I would like someone to do this qualitative study. How has NIL helped these some of these guys come to terms with they were never going to make the league, but at least I mean, they have something. And since they got their nut, ah, what the fuck's the purpose? At least if there was still the hope because they weren't getting shit in college, then they were actually try. I have to think that's Malik Hall. Malik Hall's always never going to make the fucking league. No, you guys yeah. are not. Tell me more about how you think unpaid internships are a good idea. Nothing. Hey, I, we all went through them and we're stronger for it. Yep, we're no, all better for no, it as a result. No, no. Uh, all right, uh, who's next? <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Mr. Neurotic Pants, Jonesy, would you punch a senior citizen in maize and blue? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I thought you were going to go with, I have. Um, uh, and then next, next from, up, okay. can the butt hurt brigade tone it down and appreciate that Izzo is a man of honor who is the longest, longest NCAA streak in existence. Oh, are we the butt hurt brigade in this case? It I seems like know. we are. We should be, but I'm the, I did uh, say indeed earlier that that shouldn't be enough. That yeah, that I appreciate that his floor is so high, but it feels like that's all we've been playing for for four years. Am I wrong? Well, that came after the Ken Palm COVID year national championship, Michael. So, but we didn't after get the it. Highest highs. <laughs> I guess, Mister Rotterpans. My question, my question to you would be this: What's your preference? Do you want the streak or would you trade it as, as your Carolinas, as your, your uh, Dukes, as your uh, Connecticut's, your Connecticut's have done? You trade it for an actual natty. I would trade the streak for an actual natty. I mm. would, if it meant, if losing the streak meant winning That's a natty, right. I would right. sign that dotted line anytime. Correct. So yes, hundred percent. I think that's where this comes from, Mister Neurotic Pants. Of like, it feels nice to be invited to the dance, but it'd be the n- nice to be 
crowned every once in a while, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but All right. instead, Malik Hall doesn't show up and we piss down our <laughs> pantsuit or whatever. What is it? All the, of our khakis. The coming home dance, the yep. khakis. Okay. Coming home piss khaki. Uh, next up from the object, <laughs> upper deck jerk guy. Why can't we see the Spartans play their best at the same time? I think we got fairly close to that in the Illinois game. And we've seen it at times before that. I mean, are, are we just kind of walking away from the Baylor game and the second half of the Arizona game? I mean, it's, it's happened, mm-hmm. but they're just too inconsistent that these things will never overlap perfectly because they're just too inconsistent. Next up from the Epic uh, Jerk Guy, can we see a Frozen Four team at the same time as a Final Four team? Well, we are not seeing a Final Four team. So not this year. Maybe someday in the future. I don't know. I can't I can't commit to that. I can't. You you th- you're holding out hope that this team goes on a winning streak? I am because here's the thing. They they can get a couple matchups maybe that are favorable. And then I mean we saw it against Arizona, we saw it against Baylor, we saw it against Illinois. They are cap- they are capable and it's so maddening. I just I can't I can't not. I, it's not in my DNA. Take away I, their NIL. They get their NIL back this, if they win I the Big believe Ten. Believe this team as as much as it could have missed the tournament is also completely capable of competing for a national championship. I believe that. Ooh. I think if you're right about this, it's because maybe the haters are right about college basketball this season. Generally, I think there's an expectation that if UConn is good, it means that there's no like spectacularly good team and no one trusts Houston, even though Houston's been like reliably good over the last like 10 years now. Yes. Literally Um, 10 years. And truly no one trusts Purdue because they shouldn't. Because they they should. Because Matt Painter, Matt Painter made a deal with the devil to get a big 10 coaching job. And he said, (laughs) also, I'm going to say something here. We're all writing off the game in West Lafayette, and I understand why. We yes. should. It, yeah. It's it's right. It's the it's the rational, mentally, emotionally protective mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah. But what if they win? But what if Zach Eady gets hit by a bus? Yeah. I mean, all of these things, Michael. All of them. All of them. I think yep. actually Zach Eady would beat the bus. I think that's he's just such a huge lump of human. Correct. The, the bus would my fault would be total i am wrong um but maybe a second bus could finish him off um and finally from the upper deck jerk guy i like this question yeah so we're gonna use it all right is rod more set up for failure will smith last what's will MSU smith doing longer than he does <laughs> keep will smith's football name. team's name <laughs> your damn mouth <laughs> uh will smith Last longer at MSU than Sherrod Moore at U of M. I thought it was Sharon Moore. So I've been. Yeah, Sharon. It's, definitely it's definitely Sharon Moore. Is it Sharon? Oh, good. Because I was like, oh, shit, I got to start calling him Sharon. No, good job. You guys All are right. better podcasters than me. Who knew? No, it's okay. I think you got your Sherrods. You got your Smiths. You got your casual racisms from the upper deck jerk guy not caring about the black guy's <laughs> name. Back. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think it's too soon to answer this question. I mean, other than to say it'll be Smith, but I, I don't know. Smith? I think it's 
it's a question because I think, you know, the thing with, with Moore is he's not ready to recruit anything by himself yet. And it's a virtual unknown. You can't give him credit for leading the team through several victories this season while uh, Jim Harbaugh was pretending to care about NCAA sanctions. So this is um, anyone's guess. Real Rich Rod yeah. situation, probably. I mean, if you just look at what's happening since they're hiring, there is one program that's clearly ascendant. Now, granted, mm-hmm. from a pretty weak place, not a lot of room to go down from there. But the other yeah. one is not exactly capitalizing on Correct. what it just experienced. Yeah. So, it, or, no. but, or the two years prior. Like, it's not right. just the Natty. It's they didn't capitalize on two playoff appearances before that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well every said. season, Jim Harbaugh said, Hi, NFL, please take me. Yes. Yeah. And the NFL was like, No, no thank, thank you. you. Yep. Until they weren't. Gentlemen, let's raise a glass. To foggy mountains and bear <laughs> and fights. Foggy bottoms. Go green. Bear bottoms. Go green. Oh, white. Oh, white. <laughs>